At Total Wine & More, find the best gifts for everyone on your list, whether it's a Cabernet for sis or a single-barrel bourbon that dad will love. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love and love what you find. Only at Total Wine & More. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly. Be 21. Where can you find the best gifts at great low prices that everyone will love? At Total Wine & More, of course, with so many great bottles to choose from. Find something for everyone on your list, whether it's a Cabernet for your sis, sparkling wine for a coworker, or a single barrel bourbon for dad. And if you need any help, just ask one of their friendly guides for advice. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love and love what you find. Only at Total Wine & More. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly, B21. Hi, I'm Kristen McGlory, lifelong genius hunter. For a decade, I've been unearthing the recipes that have changed the way we cook. Now, on the Genius Recipe Tapes, we go behind the scenes with the geniuses themselves. This week, I'm talking with Joshua David Stein, journalist, author, editor, and dad. He's written cookbooks, memoirs, and children's books, and now has a new book out combining all of those genres with a little bit of secret self-help thrown in, too. It's called Cooking for Your Kids, At Home with the World's Greatest Chefs. And in it are recipes from 50 chefs from across the world that they actually feed their kids at home, with photos they took themselves and advice for how they make it all work for them, which is sometimes messy and not always Instagram perfect, but is practical and fueled by love. And just a quick heads up to any of you listening with young children, there is one instance of swearing in this episode in the second half. Here's Joshua to tell us more about what drove him to write this book. I had the same motivation pretty much that I did when I wrote my first children's book, which was called Can I Eat That? I've been writing about chefs and writing about food for my entire career. And I love food and I love like chefy food. And I found that when I had my kids that they did not love that food, especially with my older son, Achilles, we'd end up fighting about food all the time at the table. And it turned this thing that I really loved into something that I couldn't share with my kids. So I wrote that children's book as a way just to be playful about food and bring some joy into it. It wasn't like me saying, you need to eat this or greens are good for you or any, there was no like purpose other than fun and enjoyment. Um, and that was to bring parents and kids together around food. As best as I can tell everyone in their private moments has these issues. I find the difference sometimes is that when you work in food as a chef or a writer or in that strange, vague cumulus of influencing, you know, like whatever that performative action is, uh, the only thing different is that you feel ashamed sort of talking about it. But I wanted to take a little bit of that aspirational fiction and kind of sand it you know, rough it up a little to show that, no, everyone's, we're all kind of in the same boat. And it doesn't matter if you have like three Michelin stars, sometimes your kids are going to just be like, no, I want chicken nuggets. And even though the book offers a hundred recipes and they're a great hundred recipes, I actually want parents to walk away from it knowing that, oh, if I'm going to give my kids, like I gave my younger son Augie last night, if I'm going to give my kids six chicken nuggets and then a chicken nugget sandwich, which is chicken nuggets between two pieces of bread, it's okay. A chicken nugget is an act of love. Because <laughs> what you're saying there is, I like chicken confit with, you know, like 
asparagus jus. And that's what I think is delicious. But what do you, as someone I love, what do you think is delicious? So it's, it's setting aside, mm-hmm. um, it's get, stepping outside of one's own likes and aversions to really see the person in front of you. Wow, that, <laughs> that, that really hit me. You're, you're, you're showing that you see them and that you're listening to them and what they want yeah. really matters to what you. What I hope to do with the book yeah. is um, partially to, to mirror that this goes on in the households of these um, chef contributors' parents and to provide full-on recipes. Like, they are recipes that if you want to follow them, you know, like a traditional recipe, you can. And then if you don't, I mean, they're meant to be malleable in the sense that, um, oh, maybe, oh, maybe I could confit this parsnip, (laughs) you know? And Mm -hmm. screw the rest of the salad, but, like, this one thing maybe my kid will like. Or... Um, there's a chef, there's a chef in here, um, Asma Khan, and she has a recipe for spicy mm-hmm. scrambled eggs. Um, and there's another instance where, mm-hmm. uh, a couple, Mina Park and Kwang U of, um, Baru, well, it was Baru and that closed and now it's Shiku. Um, they have kimchi and they talk about rinsing the kimchi for their kids. You know, take little bits and then work that into your, the flow of your life. The Asma Khan recipe where she talks about like, putting the chilies in, but then just avoiding, putting them in big chunks so you can avoid them. Mm-hmm. So you're scooping out the eggs, but it's still introducing a bit of the spice. Yeah. Um, I like that encouragement too, it, rather than just completely avoiding chilies. Yeah. Um, because you're afraid your kid, kid might get scared off of chilies forever. And if you like chilies, you know, you got to mm-hmm. work that into, <laughs> you're a person too. Parents <laughs> are people too. Um, I will say that I was, I was very excited to do the illustrations. Yes. It's the first book that I've illustrated, um, partially because all the chefs provided their own photos, mm-hmm. and some chefs didn't provide their own photos or any photos. And I made a bunch. I mean, I think I made all of the dishes, but um, I also made, styled, and photographed a bunch of them. And you can tell, like, some are on my kitchen table, some are on my floor. I was, like, going around my apartment looking for, like, what surface can I use? Um, (laughs) So that was fun. And then I got to illustrate the book, which is my favorite part, because it gave me a chance to include my favorite dad joke, which is one piece of pasta talking to his friend, piece of pasta, and saying, penne for your thoughts? (laughs) (laughs) So there's a lot of dad jokes. Hey, it's Kristen. If you're enjoying this chat with Joshua, head over to the Genius Recipe Tapes and hit subscribe so you don't miss out on other stories like this one. And like our recent conversation with Daniela Galarza at The Washington Post about the implications of the word exotic and why it's curiously only used to describe certain things like cars, food, and women, and how we can have productive conversations even and especially when we disagree. In the second half of this episode, we get to hear more about the thing that Joshua learned not to do by the time he had his second kid, and the moment that I felt most like an alien in my new parent group. Meet you back here for that. 
You reach for the top olive oils and invest in the best pans. But in the kitchen, how well do you care for your greatest tool, your hands? When mine take a beat in cooking and cleaning, which is often, I use Bag Bomb to work its wonders on my poor, distressed skin. Created 125 years ago on a Vermont dairy farm, their soaps smell great and clean hands without stripping moisture, and their fast-absorbing lotion means I can quickly get back to cooking. Treat your hardworking hands to Bag Bomb, every chef's best friend. Use code FOOD52 for 20% off your order on bagbomb.com. Good through 2024. You reach for the top olive oils and invest in the best pans. But in the kitchen, how well do you care for your greatest tool, your hands? When mine take a beat in cooking and cleaning, which is often, I use Bag Bomb to work its wonders on my poor, distressed skin. Created 125 years ago on a Vermont dairy farm, their soaps smell great and clean hands without stripping moisture, and their fast-absorbing lotion means I can quickly get back to cooking. Treat your hardworking hands to Bag Bomb, every chef's best friend. Use code FOOD52 for 20% off your order on bagbomb.com. Good through 2024. So one of the things that I loved about Joshua's book is that in addition to recipes that would be delicious in their entirety, like, for example, Brooke Williamson's Egg in a Hole with Crispy Pancetta and Broccoli Pesto, he also includes these comforting little anecdotes and parenting philosophies on the side. The sentiments that Brooke describes are likely familiar refrains, especially for new parents or any working parents with young children. She describes having a tremendous amount of guilt about having to work and how much time she was spending away from her son. But then she reveals a happy ending. Here's more from Brooke's story in her own words. My husband Nick and I opened Hudson House when Hudson was one year old. There was a period of time when Nick and I would be at work from 10 a.m. to 3 a.m. with one sitter taking over for another and Nick and me trading off nights of sleep. But then later in the story, she continues. Now, 12 years in, I've got a well-adjusted kid who's with us 90% of the time and can adapt to any given situation. He's flexible, easy to travel with, and just a wonderful all-around human being. I wouldn't trade any of it for better timing. Here's Joshua for more on that. That was why I did the book. As a parent, I really always found myself so alienated because it is aspirational. And I feel like if you are emotionally equipped as a person to see something aspirational and be inspired by it, good for you. I'm not that way. I see something mm -hmm. aspirational and I feel so deficient. Mm -hmm. Like, what am I doing wrong that my life isn't like that? I basically wanted 50 of the world's greatest chefs to be like, yeah, it's fucking hard. And it doesn't always work. <laughs> Well, I'm sure you've probably heard this from other people as you've as you've discussed the challenges of feeding young kids. But like I was a super picky eater when I was little. I didn't eat salad until I was about 12. I, all my hamburgers were plain. And then in enough time, I completely fell in love with food and write about and eat everything now. And so it, I sometimes I think it's just a matter of like being ready. And then once you do, you just dive in. So I don't know. Do you ever think about that with your kids? Yeah, I do a lot. I mean, I think our conflicts about eating became about, and food became about so much more than food and became about power and the imposition of will and um, independence that I wish that I had been more long-sighted and secure mm -hmm. to know that, okay, it's fine, he can... If you make everything a battle, it becomes a battle no matter what. Mm -hmm. um, and I do hope that when he gets older and he's a little, you know, our relationship has kind of improved and 
um, it's improved because I've stopped pushing, you mm -hmm. know? And um, I do think, I hope that he'll grow to love food, but it needs to mean something different from what it means now. And maybe when you're 12, although I don't know if this is, uh, this is only what I've seen in my, in my child rearing is that maybe when he's 12 or a little bit older, he'll make that differentiation that it does mean, you know, it can be joyful. Um, mm -hmm. That said, when I had my, my younger son, Augie, I never pushed anything. Mm -hmm. I pushed less and he eats everything. I think it's a pushing that's problematic. Yeah, and I think if and to go back to one of something I said earlier, it's fine. Like mm -hmm. that's basically what I want. It's like it's fine. It'll be fine. But it's mm -hmm. so hard as a first-time parent to know that. Are there any ways that the chef's various advice and tactics have stuck with you, and you've like folded them into your life since working on the book? Realistically, what has stuck with me is exactly that everyone is doing their best. I'm doing my best. My kids aren't going to starve. They're not super well, like they don't eat super well, but they know they're loved. All of these chefs, to the extent that I could make them comfortable enough to be honest about it and had the time to delve into it with them, they all express the same thing. It is hard. Um, you can still find a lot that's useful, but ultimately it's okay. Whatever you're doing, Ultimately, it's okay. People crack it in all different ways. I, I would have assumed that food is the one thing I would have made space for when I had a baby. And I just remember in my, I'm going to call it a parent group, but unfortunately, it seems like they're still all called mom groups because mm. like for the most part, we're the ones who are on parental leave for the longer durations. So yeah. it was a mom group. Um, and I just remember people talking about like, you know, how to get food done for the whole family when we had, you know, a two month old. And she was talking about using the baby. One of the moms was talking about using the baby's nap time to like, like chop the asparagus and toast the pine nuts. And I, in my head, I was just like, I'm trying not to drop all of my snacks on the floor. Right. Like, I, I'm not toasting pine nuts. I'm, I'm like happy to eat a handful of raw pine nuts if I have them. Oh, I can't. I can't with the raw <laughs> pine nuts. It needs to be lightly toasted. Yeah. No, it's not happening. But I'm just, but I'm, I'm so like, it was cool to see that some people are that organized that they can think ahead to dinner in that way and, and like parse out the, the prep steps when they do have time. You never know what the other factors in someone else's life and in other families' lives, which, which, which sort of afford them the ability to have this. Like you meet them um, mm -hmm. and someone talks about pine nuts and you feel bad <laughs> that you're not toasting pine nuts, but there's actually like, 10,000 other things that are going on that aren't being discussed because they make you feel uneasy. They make everyone feel uneasy about it. Not the topic of the book, but something that I feel really like strongly about because I spent so many years and I still struggle with it. It's, and, I, and I think the pandemic has really brought this out, at least in my like social circle. You spend all your time feeling, feeling like less than or mm -hmm. sort of like you get sideswiped by the fact that, oh, you thought these were all your peers and actually they're wavelengths ahead of you, you know. But that is why this book is so special because you are trying to bring in all of these other dimensions. It's not just a list of recipes. Creating something worthwhile doesn't rely on any 
anything perfect or anything external. It, it's earthy. It's here. It's in daily life. You know, like this is perfect. What's going on now? This is what, where it's at. That struggle that I have at the table with Achilles or Augie, like that's, that's it. That's what's going on. The more I compare myself to that constructed reality, the, the less happy I am at the table with my kids. So to be able to show chefs in this book that they also have these day-to-day moments of struggle, that they also struggle, it's not to degrade them and it's not to belittle them or take their shine off or anything. It's to say, even your idols also have off days, you know? And that, I hope, makes people feel better about themselves. It does. Thanks for listening. Our show is put together by Coral Lee, Amy Schuster, and Emily Hanhan. If you have a genius recipe that you actually feed yourself and maybe your kids, I would always love to hear from you at genius at food52.com. And if you like the Genius Recipe Tapes and the Food 52 Podcast Network and you want to help us keep making it better and better, the very best thing that you can do to support us is to take just a moment, leave us a rating or review or subscribe or share this episode with a friend who could also benefit from hearing that a chicken nugget can be an act of love and that they are doing just fine. 